passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome back to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence Owen. With me as usual is my guy, Gerard Powers. Gerard, how has your week been? Man, week's been good, man. Steady. Uh, had a good Mother's Day weekend. You know, got with my mom and aunts and my grandmothers and the wife. Uh, had a little cookout. You know, enjoyed the weather. Uh, temperature dropped a little bit over the weekend. Didn't like that, but, uh, you know, had a good week. What about you? Well, <laughs> a lot of rain. A lot of rain. But the good thing is the rain ended uh, yesterday. Um, it's supposed to get up in the 80s this week, nice and sunny. It should be great weather to just go outside, you know, and do stuff finally. Um, it, it's just something that since we've been cooped up all winter, at least, you know, where I live, uh, you don't generally go out in Indiana in the wintertime. And, and it's finally getting to the point where there's not rain. You don't want to go out in the rain either. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, in the in the low 80s and it should be really nice to go out and and just do stuff. Go out for walks, go hiking, go do something. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lord knows I need to as well, because I have had a I, I have done nothing but eat and be cooped up in my house. And I put on some weight, you know, <laughs> They say the winter bodies always get ready by the summer. Yep, yep, yep. And there's not a lot of time to do that in between there, really. Um, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that, you know, sports season is here, right? Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights and even next season's NFL futures. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code believe that's b l e a v to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Well, so we were talking earlier about fans. Uh, now, without fans, there wouldn't be sports. There, there. That's right. obviously it's a hand in hand thing. But recently, we've been seeing a lot of news where fans are just jumping in and doing stuff, disrespectful stuff to players, and um, that's just that. I mean, as a fan myself, it looks bad on me. You know, because they're representing an entire fan base when they do something stupid, right? Like, like put your hands on on a player's family, wife, mother, uh, throw beers out onto the court, uh, throw stuff out on the baseball uh, 
you know, at players and stuff where you could legitimately hurt people. And players are just supposed to stand there and be, we're the bigger guy. We're professionals. We shouldn't have to do this. But fans real got to realize, hey, these are people too. You know, these aren't robots out there for our entertainment, right? I mean, no. come on. No, you're right. These past, well, I'm not even going to say the past couple of weeks, you know, the past couple of years, you know, it's just been a lot of fan interactions with the players has been more so uh, in a negative light. Let's say that, um, you know, I think sometimes as fans, you know, I'll give them a the benefit of the doubt. You know, you get a little passionate about your team, uh, especially the diehard fans, the the season ticket holders, you know, the fans that really care about it. I can understand you having, a you know, some passion about your team. and You want to show that emotion. Uh, but at that same time, you know, you're de- these players have families, these players you know, are doing a job, you know, uh, you know, they don't have the the, the fan, I guess, emotion um, as a player that you would have just as a fan. So I think sometimes that can get a little uh, confusing a little bit when it when it comes to the fans, uh, especially like, you know, the incident with Chris Paul, you know, he gets mm-hmm. word, you know, I'm pretty sure he didn't see anything that happened. But, you know, whenever you're a player and you got all this stuff that you're worrying about on the court, and somebody's behind you saying, hey, somebody just touched your wife, your mother, or whatever the case was, you know, with the interactions, you you probably would lose your cool a little bit. That's why I never really fought the players on how they react uh, in that moment in time because there's no telling how things were worded, the tone of it, the message, or whatever the case may be, to where when you feel like you got to defend yourself or defend your family, you know, you're going to speak out in whatever manner you feel appropriate to get that message across. And uh, I think everybody saw Chris Paul, you know, telling a kid that he'll see him later. But who knows that Chris Paul even realized, you know, that was a, you know, a kid of, not of age, I guess. Uh, I know you can tell by his looks a little bit, but in the heat of the moment, you know, you're just reacting to somebody that's, you know, you know, apparently, you know, put hands on your family. So uh, I'm pretty sure this offseason, especially in the NBA, we've seen it with baseball as well. Um, I'm pretty sure there'd be some new rules starting to put in place. I mean, when you think about football, I guess the only thing that they really worry about is fans rushing the field and the security got to chase you around a little bit. But when it comes to fans interaction with players, I remember um, I remember a time when I was in college, uh, we were playing Alabama, actually, 2006. And we just had won. We're in Tuscaloosa you know, walking through the tunnel and fans were throwing bottles and actually hit a player in the eye uh, with a Mm. bottle. Uh, So it can get a little crazy, you know, from a player perspective when you're trying to protect yourself and you're on the road and everything's against you and all that type of things. But I'm pretty sure some new rules are about to be put in place in professional sports to kind of just keep that fan interaction with players to a halt and uh, good or or bad. I think the bad is probably going to ruin it for the good to where players and fans is probably not even going to have a chance to have an interaction uh, going forward if we keep seeing these things happen. Yeah, it would be it would be a sad day where, you know, as you talked about um, the the actual organization of the NFL or MLB or NHL or NBA or whatever, whatever sport it is you watch uh, MLS. They go to COVID rules like you talked about, you know, hey. Good luck. Now, now you get to sit at home and watch this instead of doing that. Feel free to throw your beers and your rocks at your TV. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, I that that would be awful uh, for for the general fans. Uh, it, it, as they say, a few bad apples can legitimately ruin you know the whole bunch. So, um, that would be an awful situation. But hey, let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, we we just got done. We we had the draft. 
Uh, I think we both liked what Chris Ballard and his team did uh, for the draft this, this, this upcoming time. But to me, I'm looking at it and I'm like, what's now that the, the off season is basically over. What is the best and the worst part of the team? You know, what, what do I feel like is the strength of this team right now heading into the 2022 NFL season? And what do I feel like could be a legitimate, still could be a legitimate concern. Now, obviously to me, my biggest concern is still left tackle. Um, I, I understand that, uh, we we have prior there and we drafted Raymond um, to fill that. But Raymond is more of a project left tackle than he is a, a legit, you know, day one starter. Uh, he's, he's got upside. He's, he's that guy that could legitimately grow into something like that. But uh, I mean, he even had first round, you know, grades on him by some people, but still at the same time, he's a bit of a project guy. I mean, he was, he was playing tight end for goodness sakes, you know, uh, two years prior. So it makes me a little bit worried. Um, so, and, and obviously when you have Matt Ryan back there, you want to protect his blind side. So that is my biggest concern heading into the season. What's your biggest concern? I would say my biggest concern, um, my biggest concern for the team as a whole, I, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say as a certain position or certain, um, uh, guy or player i just think as a whole on how this season ended last year and how things have been going the past couple years just trying to find ways to get back to what coat football has always been just trying to find the consistency not trying to just have the one year we were good then the next year we're struggling then the next year we're good we're trying to have that consistency to where it's like back in the days when i say back in the days we're talking the peyton era that's crazy to think that was so long ago but when you right. talk about those times i mean even the bad seasons was double digit wins you know we were always in the hunt always you know right there maybe just losing that one key game or you know whatever the case may be but it was always double digit wins and playoffs at minimum you know you were getting in and i think uh the past few years has been a lot of pressure on the coats with all the major changes especially with the andrew luck um you know su surprise retirement and uh, trying to find that quarterback to fit that mold again, um, you know, I think it's 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 a, a pressure thing that I'm gonna say is the weakest part. Like, it, can this team really mentally get over the hump to where they believe they that they belong in the elite of the elites? When we're talking about those top teams year in year out, uh, because when you look at defense, yes, there's still some holes that we got to fill, but we got the leaderships in place on defense. When you look at offense. Yes, some holes that we got to fill, but you bring Matt Ryan in, who is a proven leader, and then you look at some of the old linemen that we got that, that you know, everybody knows that those are the leaders of the team when it comes to the offense. And then when you talk about Jonathan Taylor stepping up in an all-eyes-on-me type of role, it's going to force him to have to be more of a leader going into this year and uh, those things as well. So I think we have the leadership in place. It's just a matter of those leaders getting everybody on board to believe like, hey, get last year out of your heads right now. We're not talking about it anymore. We're moving forward and getting everybody on that point to, to, to believe, hey, we belong in that same conversation as the Bills, as the Chiefs, as the Ravens, year in, year out, because we're just as talented as those guys. 
Yeah, I could see how that would be a, a, a legitimate concern uh, looking forward, especially, un, uh, you know, after uh, an article that just came out, you know, with Darius Leonard. You know, Darius Leonard, there was an article posted on him about where, you know, he was kind of fell out of love with football uh, during the season last year. Uh, and and I, I can understand how, how uh, certain things can really kind of, put your put yourself in a bad mindset and it, it can really carry over into your play so um that's that's something that we uh kind of keep tabs on uh look at there's a lot of people out there again um there's a lot of players right now that are uh pushing uh, trying to make uh bring into light uh the the mental aspect of being a sports player right now and, um, you know, there's, there's a reason for that, you know, it's, it's not really in the limelight, obviously your CTE and stuff like that, that that's been in the limelight now for a little while. People understand, uh, that kind of stuff, but sports players, especially professional sports players go through a lot of stuff throughout their, uh, time as being, uh, in the pros. So, yeah. Um, just the day-to-day routine. I mean, when, when Darius Leonard say things like he kind of fell out of love, I mean, people got to think, like, when you start your season from training camp uh, on to the season is over, there's not a day off. Even your day off, mm-hmm. you have, you know, uh, things that you have to get done for the week or whatever the case may be. So when you're talking about going and when we're talking about playoffs, when you're talking about 22 to – 30 straight weeks of routine routine you got uh trying to do whatever you can to stay at the top of your game uh because you you got to be accountable you know the next guy's depending on you to do your job and all those things uh and on top of dealing with stuff that's outside of football you know family issues family problems you just never know what a guy might be going through to where things can weigh on you because a bunch of these guys are young i mean you know, I know we we was talking about it in another pod. When, once you get to 30, everybody look at you like you're old, you're going to miss a step and all that. Uh, but nobody talks about, you know, a 21-year-old, 22-year-old having to make all these tough decisions in life that he's not really ready mentally to handle. Some players are, don't get me wrong, but the majority, you know, are facing things for the first time that they've ever faced before. And when you're talking about dealing with tons of money, when you're talking about dealing with fame, when you're talking about – social media and all these type things all in one box uh it can weigh on you a little bit so he's right i mean he's not the only one that feels like that either i mean there's a ton of guys that play every sunday that looks great looks happy looks like they're enjoying life and all that but when they take those pads off you just don't you just never know what's weighing on them what's on their mind mentally like you know so that's why i always try to tell fans you know when it when you come to watching a game and saying certain things and judging guys I mean, you just never know. I mean, we, I mean, we see life every day, you know, as it is. And, you know, you talk to a close family member on what they're going through and you'll have the biggest sympathy for them. But when you say an athlete going through the same thing, you feel like they're supposed to be, you know, superheroes or whatever the case may be. So, uh, but he's right. He's right. He's not the only one that feel that way. So that's why I'm saying the chemistry of the team has to be there in place to where, you know, that level of excitement is always going to be there once you hit the door because I've been on teams to where I was just excited to go to work every day just to be around the guys just because of the chemistry and the 
the I guess the mental level everybody was on. I mean, it feels good when you got guys in the locker room that care about you, that's going to make sure you're okay, that's going to let you know, uh, give you resources to go help yourself out and things like that. So if we get that chemistry uh, where it needs to be, it'll take us a long way. It don't necessarily have to be the talent or the scheme or any of those things. It can just be the guy that's on the field is going to do whatever he has to do in order to win because he loved the dude that he plays next to so much. That's that chemistry and that bond that um, goes, I guess, un unspoken about uh, when we're talking about teams and what it takes to be successful in the NFL. So going to the flip side of that, uh, we were talking about, you know, what we felt the, the, the biggest weakness going into the NFL or, you know, going into the season is biggest strength. And I'm going to kind of take a, a little page from your book. I'm not really going to go with a player or a position or something. Uh, coaching. I think, I think one of the strongest strengths for this team, this going into this season will be coaching. Uh, we got an enormous amount of depth uh, at coaching right now, not just with Gus Bradley. We also, you know, he's got an assistant that, that has been a, a former head coach as well. Defensive guy. Uh, we got a bunch of uh, ex-players, yep. you know, player coaches. That that takes on a whole new meaning when you say player coach now. Um, <laughs> as with the Colts, you know, with Mike and 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 Cato and, and and Reggie being on the team now, guys that the players can can look up to and kind of connect with now, not just you know learn how to be a better uh, better athlete, better player for the team. And then obviously uh, the guys that were already there. Well, the replacement uh, of our defensive lineman has me hyped. I'm I can't wait to see what Nate Ollie does uh, over there on the D line. Um, Coach Reich uh, and and the uh, offensive coordinator. That whole offensive system I think is going to look absolutely fantastic with Matt Ryan sitting back there. Um, so the coaching I think is going. I think I think the Indianapolis Colts have a top five coaching group right now in the nfl i hope they go out there and prove it this off season but or this this regular season but this is a that's what i think probably the biggest strength is right now because the coaching will bring up your weak positions and your your weak spots but it'll also bring your good spots to a next level so i agree and uh and when you talk about the coaching you know, the main the main job. Well, when I was a player, the main job that I how I used to look at coaches was as long as you're putting me in position to succeed with the things that I do best. So if I'm a cover guy and you're putting me in positions to where I can cover, match up, worry about what I worry about, I'm going to love you. If, if I'm a zone type guy and you put me in position to where I can do what I do best, I'm going to love everything about you. So I think when you talk about the coaching staff, you got a bunch of coaches that have played before that can reiterate you know, those, those uh, type methods or whatnot, because sometimes that co as coaches, even the ones that's played, once you get in and uh, be in that system for so long, you know, you start going to that book more and more and more on, on what the rules are and just start doing things to where it's more book uh, type things than rather talking about experiences and feel and, and gut feelings and intuitions and, you know, all those things that make certain players great. You know, sometimes like Darius Leonard, I'm pretty sure there's plenty, plenty plays he made on that field on Sunday to where he's went to the sideline and was like, I don't know why I did that. Like, I have no idea what made me do this or that. I just had a feeling or whatever the case may be, and boom, there goes the ball. Um, but I'm going to say 
the biggest strength is the GM, Chris Ballard. I think that uh, over the past couple years, he's proven to the indie people that he has, he knows what he's doing. Like he's been in some tough spots these past couple of years trying to find QBs, trying to find the right players, right positions, and all that, that he still had those guys hanging on and having a shot. And I know we're, we're tired of talking about last year, but when you look back, you know, going to that Jacksonville game, that's not on Chris. That's not on Chris at all. That's a player thing. That's a player knowing when you have certain things on the line, knowing we got to go out here and get this job done and win. Coaches and everybody in the front office is preaching that all week. It's up to the players at the end of the day to go out there and get the job done. So when when things like that happen, I don't look at necessarily the coaching or the front office guys. They didn't have the, the, the guys ready or whatever the case may be. Every When you're a professional in the NFL, you have a job. You it's not it's not a coach or anybody in the front office is supposed to get you motivated to go do your job. Uh, so I don't hold that against Chris, but when you look at the moves that he made, the way he structured things, the way he gets out of tough situations like a contract and Carson Wentz and things like that, and then on the return, get something that's like great, you know. So I, I, I feel like any adversity this team has this coming up season with the leaderships that's now in place. Chris is going to be able to handle things in a manner to where he see things fit the best and uh, and he'll be able to move those chess pieces on how he wants to move them in order to put this team in uh, in position to succeed. Uh, so he's proven to me. I know. I, I mean, when he first came to Indy, you just heard about the great things and, you know, how, how he was good at doing certain things, but just seeing it and following it. Um, and then hearing him talk in the interviews about certain processes and certain like why he thought this or why he thought that, you know, uh, it, it's 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 kind of a blessing for a team to have a GM um, as talented and as well as he is, because at the end of the day, that's who is making all the decisions. He has to have one of the I guess he has the final say so other than the owner and whatever going on in this organization in order for this team to succeed. So. I'm gonna I'm put I'm gonna put my strongest point on Chris. That's a that's a very very good point actually, JP. Um, I mean, from day one, the first words that came out of his mouth during his introductory press conference was, "This will not be about one guy. It will be about the team, yep. the team." And from day one, he has been doing nothing but building a team. Now, that one guy since Andrew Luck retired has been kind of that issue. Mm-hmm. But trying to find that one guy, yeah. trying to find that one guy. But he has truly built a full out team. And that is something that the Indianapolis Colts and their fans can be very, very proud of, I, I think. Um, and he's done exactly. It's it's also very rare to find a GM that's just as open and honest as he is. Yep. Now, obviously, you know he's not going to run out here and get, give you you know all his trade secrets. Um, you know, as some press media will try to form questions to get that kind of stuff. Occasionally, he just kind of looks at him and go, "Really, you asked me that question?" Uh, but he is incredibly open. He finds a way to give you the information you're looking for without giving those trade secrets. And you don't see that very often. Generally, you know, GMs and coaches, they clam up, you know, kind of, nope, I'm not, you know, everything so tight to the vest, you know, that, that they're not going to uh, just give you anything that you can work off of. And, and, and Ballard is great at that. And 
uh, at great at, at just, you know, sharing and being open and honest. And it's kind of a, a breath of fresh air, you know, when it comes to um, sitting here and, and listening to his press conferences or his interviews or something like that, seeing him sit there on the Pat McAfee show and just unwind, right. you know, um, but I uh, love, love that. That's a great answer as well. Um, walking in, we were talking about, you know, all these interviews that we were watching. Uh, we're at that point in time after, after the draft, every coach, uh, players, GMs, they're out there just interviewing with everybody, you know, I mean, all over, especially the coaches and GMs, especially the GMs, uh, Ballard's been everywhere. Uh, just type in Chris Ballard, you, uh, interview, Google it and you'll find like 20 different interviews this past week. Um, but you called a few that has intrigued me that I didn't actually get to watch. And I definitely will now, as soon as you mention it, but as soon as I get off of here, you talk about how the, one of the biggest things that, you know, media fans, analysts have talked about this past week or this past off season is about how we don't have any, you know, we need more dynamic playmakers on the offense. Mm-hmm. What do the players and Reggie Wayne feel about that? I'm, I'm curious. No. So I saw an interview uh, with my guy, Mike Chappelle, uh, long, long time indie uh, reporter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he interviewed Reggie and uh, just talking about the receiving room a little bit. And Reggie mentioned how these guys feel disrespected. You know, they they see and watch. There's no way you cannot hear or see or watch in today's uh, sporting world with the social media and all that stuff. But he said those guys feel disrespected and he see a different type of hunger uh, in the room. Said that before he took the job, he was kind of curious or worried a little bit because normally when you take job, there's always a veteran or two in the room that the young guys can just follow, watch, learn, listen, or whatever the case may be. It's always somebody in the room that you can kind of follow and know it works for them, so it might work for me uh, type mindset. But uh, he said this is a situation where, you know, nobody's kind of proven themselves yet. Everybody is still on that level of, uh, you know, trying to become household names. And he said that's his his job right now is to make – a few of these guys, some household names. And when he says household names, he's talking about inside the Indianapolis Colts realm of things. Um, I think he sees the talent. I think he sees the mentality. I think that uh, I think that his mentality is going to wear off on some young guys who is still on that surface of learning, soaking everything up. So he got a couple guys that he can kind of, you know, start from the bottom with, which is always great. And uh, and I can't wait to see them these guys compete i mean reggie was known for not dropping any passes and running every route beautifully so i can't wait to see like some of his traits and some of his characteristics in these guys and uh and it was just kind of cool to see him open about him taking the job and kind of worrying about the mindset of the room because there's no veterans in there so with him being around the guys i think he i think he's gotten some confidence or some assurance uh, now after seeing them work for a few weeks, for a few months, whatever the case may be, that uh, he believes that the guys in the room, you know, can handle the job that, and the task that's, uh, you know, up for them this season. I do have a question. Um, I don't know if I've asked this question in a previous pod. If, if I have, I'm sorry, but I'm still going to bring it up. When you got a player coach, uh, an ex-player who's now a coach, um, and 
and you're trying to teach somebody who is not in your wheelhouse. Uh, Reg is not necessarily a, a great big huge guy, right? Uh, he's more of your your route running hands guy uh, right. with a little bit of a little bit of quickness to him. But you, you know, you're, you're you're talking about you know trying to teach a like a Mike Strawn or or Michael Pittman Jr. You know who who is your you know your posting. 50 50 kind of guy you know um and it's not in your quite in your wheelhouse on 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 that situation does that um i'm wondering if that would make things a little bit more difficult on that coach uh to teach them how to make themselves you know the players better at what they already do when that's not in your wheelhouse in the first place you know uh, when you're talking about the size, yeah, uh, I can see how that can be a, uh, maybe a question, you know, when you're talking about guys that don't fit your mold or what mm-hmm. style of play. Uh, but you've seen all the great receivers. You've seen so many guys come across the league that probably do got some of their size that were great at route running that we just probably didn't notice. It's just like some corners uh, that I spoke that I speak highly of the average person might not even like who, you know, who are you talking about? You know, or whatever the case may be. But when it comes to Reggie, we're talking about a guy that knows the position better than anybody. And, and mm-hmm. if anybody want to talk about size and can't do certain things, he'll probably revert back to Andre Johnson. I mean, the guy played with a guy in Miami that was bigger than everybody, faster than everybody, quicker than mm-hmm. everybody and still ran good routes. Uh, so I'm pretty sure he has different ways and different methods or uh, different numbers in his phone that he can call and get some pointers for when you're talking about guys that might have a different stature or guys that might remind him of somebody else that that uh, he highly respects that do a good job. But uh, that's why I mean, I think Reggie is going to do whatever in his power. Um, and that means if he got to call people to come to Indy themselves to to kind of mentor show these guys whatever he um trying to teach them i think that he will do that for these guys and it'll go a long way that's a that's a really good point i mean reggie has made himself uh i mean let's face it reggie's not just popular among indianapolis colts fans i mean he's got a name for himself all over the nfl so yeah i'm sure he could reach out and talk to be like yo megatron (laughs) you know (laughs) Uh, but yeah, like you say, you know, former you guys, I mean, they're tight, yep. they are tight, right? So, um, I'm sure he can, he can get whoever he needs, you know, just to get some pointers and stuff for, for things that aren't quite in his wheelhouse. But I mean, let's face it, I'm sure he's been taught how to post somebody up on a corner who's smaller than him because I mean, I'm sure he's played against guys that were like 5'10 that were yep. corners, you know, yep. so yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that that was just my question about that. I I, I didn't know. I, I'm just I, I was sitting here thinking, man, I, that seems like it'd be a difficult thing to have to uh, deal with, especially starting out as a new coach. Right. But you know that that is one good way of 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 really filling out your coaching book, right? Yep. Is just using uh, the people that you have you've garnered over the years. Um, What's another uh, interview that you uh, watched that that really caught your eye this? Oh, this past uh, week? Um, SB Nation interviewed uh, Hines, and he was talking about you know just being the the the, the backup role at running back, accepting his role, knowing what you know his role is is on, on the team, what he brings to this team, 
And then he was just talking about the excitement that he has with Matt Ryan on how he feels the offense is just going to open up. It fits what he does best um, and, and just things of that nature. Uh, talked about the past on, on, on trying to just, you know, get that mindset of uh, forgetting what happened last year, moving on and, you know, looking for the new opportunities and uh, trying not trying to make sure that, you know, don't nobody miss miss out on any. Uh, so just. I don't know. I guess the past few interviews I've seen where everybody's talking about Matt Ron, it's the same. It's the same echo. Um, everybody just continue to harp on the leadership, the details, uh, just just the excitement of what he brings that they haven't experienced since Philip Rivers is what he was talking about. He was like, man, he kind of have a Philip Rivers element to to the details about practice and the little things and and you know, going to every receiver after every route to explain exactly how he wants things or exactly what, you know, the, the guy should be doing. He said that's exactly, you know, the type of things he's trying to learn from and, and the guys that he's trying to be around. So he sounded very excited about going into this season, knowing his role, uh, knowing he wanted the leaders on the team and, uh, you know, trying to take advantage of the opportunity that's that's coming for him. That's funny that Hines mentions that because it has uh, spread like wildfire over social media that Reggie Wayne said something very similar about Matt Ryan mm-hmm. saying it makes him sick how much Matt Ryan reminds him of Peyton Manning when it comes to, you know, the, the details, details, right? And how he goes about his game. Yep. The yeah. Coach, they so, all got similar traits. And what what's 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 funny is uh, that's the last point I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up before we end it here. That's what every team, coach, player, everything, when they have an off game, that's the thing they revert to. They go back to the details, right? They work on the small things, the things that you can, you know, your fundamentals, right? Uh, things that that should be just instinct to do. Right. And and if you're working on that on a day in, day out basis and, and getting those perfect, then it shouldn't be something that slips nearly as often as as as, uh, you know, for instance, what we saw the last couple of weeks, like with the Indianapolis, you know, uh, last season where the tackling was sloppy. Look, I, I love Kenny Moore, but come on now. Uh, he missed some tackles during those last couple games, some bad ones. And it wasn't just him. Darius Leonard missed some tackles. You know, I mean, we. Our big playmakers were missing out on plays, let alone your your other guys, you know, that, that were out there. So, um, yeah, uh, the more often you work on that kind of stuff, the, the, the less chance you have to revert back to focusing on it as well. So that and it minimizes the the mistakes, the little mistakes that can happen as a whole. You know, if one guy says he only had one mistake, but nine guys on the team had only one, that's a lot of mistakes, you know? So when it when you're talking about the little things, you know, you're hoping like, all right, this week we only had two holding calls, which we've been harping about not holding since OTA, since the spring. You know, this week we only had, you know, three missed tackles instead of, one for every guy that plays defense, you know, so <laughs> come on, the small things and the small things is always the the stuff that makes football, you know, catching, mm-hmm. tackling, carrying, uh, you know, the, the little things that make up the game. You know, when you make sure those things are on point, the big stuff is going to take care of itself at the end of the day. Absolutely. Well, 
JP, I'm going to let you go. I know that uh, you got some things planned out, and so do I. Uh, if you're uh, listening to this on uh, – first off, if you're listening to this on, on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review for us. It would help us out a ton. Uh, make sure you download it. Check us out on YouTube. Hit the like and subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. And until next time, as usual, this was Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet Online. I'm Lawrence Owen, and that's Gerard Powers. And as usual, go Colts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.